the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's hour two, hour dose of tonight's Andrea K Show. Kicking off the week with some beautiful weather here in San Diego. I know my man didn't dig the weather on the weekend. He got, because I'm sure he got a few rain droplets on his wheels, on his vehicle. But we back to some beautiful sunshiny weather here in San Diego. How y'all doing with this daylight savings time? Were y'all dragged today? Were y'all dragging tail? I don't have to get up for noon, so. <laughs> anyway, seriously, um, usually this is a time when regular folk got to get up at, uh, to get up and be at the offices at eight. That it's a real, it's real tough for them. I f- forgot to mention on Friday's show that Marco Rubio and a few others are trying to make daylight savings time permanent in the country. It actually passed, um, I think a, a measure in the House, and of course it would take the Senate. Um, to it would take the Senate to make it a law. But here's the catch. Did you guys know, since the history of daylight savings time goes back to uh, when we're, daylight savings time and switching it between daylight savings time and standard time has to do with commerce, right? So it was initially done because of truckers, I guess, having to move um, uh, freight, right? And then what ended up happening is some parents weighed in. Uh, they they um, weighed in because they didn't like having to take their kids to school or something in the in the dark or whatever in the morning. So some parents got weighed in on that. Um, only two states, I think, I think Hawaii and, and Arizona don't switch at all. Um, but here's the irony: is it because it initially involved commerce, we actually wouldn't have to go to Congress to get it approved to keep it all it, 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 everything to keep the clocks fixed at daylight savings time, the schedule we have right now, which gives us an extra hour of sun later in the day or standard time. We could go to the department, the Department of Transportation, i.e., Pete Buttigieg. Could be, uh, could be reached out to, um, for lack of a better word. Uh, he could be, he could be, the, he could be, I can't think, I want to say prayed upon, but that's not the right word. Um, there could be a petition of him by, on mass and get him to make the decision because it was originally based in commerce. And that leads me to something that Don Jans said before. Uh, he called in the show recently and said, one of the biggest problems we've got is that we've got departments legislating from within the department. Why should it be? I mean, yay, great. We could go to the Department of Transportation and they could fix it and make daylight, day, day time, daylight savings times permanent. But they're not supposed to be in charge of our legislation. 
So was this day, daylight savings time thing, the switch of the clocks, was that initially done with through Congress or was it initially done through the Department of Transportation? Or did Congress do it and make it, make it tied to commerce in order to now effectively give the power over our lives to a department head? Shouldn't be happening in the U.S. Shouldn't be happening. Skins, would you want daylight savings time to be permanent or standard time? Uh, I don't care. I just, I mean, at the end of the day, I just kind of like what Arizona does, which is just leave it one way. Leave it one way. Honestly, because the rotation of the sun and the moon, I mean, you know, I, you know, one extra hour. I mean, you know, I, I, I just, it just throws the body clock off. It does. It does. There are some people that say that uh, it, it actually causes more cardiac issues and more heart issues to switch from standard to daylight, daylight savings time. I, but I, I think it's the switch that's the problem so much and messing with your circadian rhythms. I don't know that it's being on daylight savings time is a problem. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I, if I have to choose, I'll get the I'll take, Andrea, the extra hour of sleep, but I don't want it to change one way or the next. Well, eventually what happens is eventually you get, you get you know, um, you get you become normalized to the time. It's the switching that's a problem. Pick one and stay there. Make day. I say make daylight savings time permanent because who couldn't use an extra hour in the afternoon? More people. You're going to get more use of the sunshine in the evening than you are in the morning. If, if for most people in this country, right? Yeah, you maybe got to drive your kids to school in the dark or whatever, but then your kids get an extra hour in the afternoon unless you unless you then take them home every day. They go home and they sit in front of their devices. They get an extra hour of sun to actually go do something like maybe an extra hour of sun. People could actually garden unless they're in Michigan and they've got Governor Whitmer deciding when they're allowed to plant seeds and when they're not who remembers Whitmer back when she decided you know what you're not allowed to go buy seeds during COVID remember that she was asked about it today and here's how she defended it clip three there were moments where we you know had to make some decisions that in retrospect don't make a lot of sense right (laughs) yeah you think um if you went into the hardware store, you could go into the hardware store, but we, we didn't want people, you know, all congregating around the gardening supplies. People said, oh, she's outlawed seeds. It was February in Michigan. No one was planting anyway. But um, that being said, you know, some of those policies, I look back and think, you know, that what maybe was, was, a, little, was a little more than we needed to do. A little, uh, yeah, let me find the words because I don't want to admit that it was, it was because we were being communist and I don't want to admit it was insane. But listen to what she's saying. Nobody was, it was February. Nobody was planting seeds. Really? She still has the mindset. That's, that's what's, that's the liberal mindset today. They're not liberal. They're not progressive. This is communism. The idea that they get to decide, you know, nobody was planting seeds anyway. You know what? Maybe people were. Maybe people had a greenhouse. Maybe people were, were, you know, growing plants in their, Basement. I don't know. Why should government tell you whether or not you should buy seats? There was almost nothing that was decided at this point, at that point with these COVID crackdowns that made any sense at all. And it was easy to foresee. 
I get so many texts from conservative friends saying, oh my gosh, how did you know? Well, because it never made sense. And I'm not saying this to shame anybody. Because when it made sense to people, it was on the basis of panic and fear. And when our minds are gripped with fear, we'll buy into stuff. So I'm not shaming people. It's why, like when we talked to Elha, financial thought doctor, last hour, we the worst thing to be doing is making decisions from a place of fear and panic. And they want us in that place of fear and panic because then we'll go along with stuff like, yeah, you're allowed to go into Home Depot, but not allowed to go into the garden section and buy seeds. Well, if we didn't want anybody congregating around the garden, well, you're saying nobody was planting seeds in February. So why would anybody be congregating in the garden section? It was about controlling your lives. Just like the daylight savings time thing, manipulating our society with the clock. Hank's on the line. From Poway, he wants to talk about the time change stuff. Hey, Hank. Hi, how are you? Good show. Thank uh, you. Before I go to the daylight, Whitmer lied. That was not in February when she did that thing. She did it in May and June and whatever. And ah. planning seat around then. Good so catch. She's lying about February. Good catch. Yeah, she. Yeah, definitely lying. But about the daylight saving, I'm sure there is a minus and a plus in it, like bad to some, good to others, to have a permanent daylight saving but they should look into what outweighs what mm. does it really harm one more than the other less harm more harm is it bad for uh, mothers to take their children in the dark in uh, on the east coast it may be maybe not but so uh, all of that has to be weighed but they're only looking about their own games uh mm-hmm. the congress and uh the Buddhist people uh, of the world <laughs> and we end up having to to uh you know are we going to change it? Are they not? Should we sleep an hour? Should we don't? You know, like all that is not going to be. They, they play. They play games of our lives, and we just simply mm-hmm. can't do much about it because they 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 got the what do you call the control? Of course, it's a shame. Well, if if Hawaii that. and Arizona are doing their own thing, why is it? Why is the rest of us aren't? Why isn't it just left mm-hmm. up to the states? You're right. That's the thing. So I think. Well, I mean, of course, you want an all all the state to do the same thing, which is. Uh, if it's not affecting Arizona or Hawaii, then maybe the majority of the states should do it that does not affect them, and then maybe the rest will join in. Just put it to the voters, I say. Let the voters in each state make a decision as to what yeah. they want to do. Because yeah. Hawaii yeah, and Alaska, I'm not hearing that any citizens in Hawaii or uh, Hawaii and Arizona are suffering an, you know, more heart attacks or cardiac or any other issues or the parents with the kids. I'm not hearing any complaints from them. No, my question, but in Hawaii and Arizona, it's, it's no change every year. It stays like that. Am I right? I think so. I think or they no. just uh, it never changes right. for them. Yeah, so so they have daylight saving. You mean on a, on a regular uh, ongoing? Yeah, their That's clocks right. just so then, don't you know, change. What's different between California and Nevada from Arizona? Good question. So could, you know, all the yeah, all the Western states could adapt it anyway if that's not going to do any harm. But good. Yeah. Thanks, well, and, and a very good show. I, thank, I I like your show. Thank you, Hank. I appreciate good. your calling. Always good topics. Oh, thank you. Have a have a great show. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Speaking of Buttigieg, Mike Pence made a joke about him today, and people are demanding that he apologize because it's homophobic. Really? Mike Pence, first of all, it's a shock he made a joke at all. But do you really think that Mike Pence would say anything? No. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Don't go away. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego.
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Super glad to have y'all here with me. Keep reading those comments on Facebook on my question today. My unofficial poll. I asked uh, the question was, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how scared are you right now about the banks? A lot of people, high numbers, like 9, 10. Some people even put 11. And, you know, I wish I had greater words of comfort other than I I. I think that we just have to be active, engaged, pay attention. This isn't a time to bury our heads in the sand and not be aware of what's going on. It's also not the time for us to be fear-based and panicked. The reality is, is we're, you know, we, we have this thing about America, as Americans in particular, it's part of our culture to think that we're in control and that we can control things. Ultimately, this is a reminder, right? That so much of our lives is beyond our control and things can happen. And, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I have faith because if I didn't, you know, you know, if we didn't have faith, this going back to COVID, you know, it's like they want to keep you fear based and staying locked inside your home, like so scared to leave. You might, you know, catch a virus or something. The government can't stop you from catching a virus and dying. Right. Um, the, nobody can stop something bad from happening to you, like your identity being stolen or somebody with no insurance wrecking your car. Or, you know, I mean, we I, I, we can't. You know, um, this is a world full of sin, and we can't, um, we cannot mitigate and make sure that we don't have to face, you know, something terrible in life. And I know that may sound dire, but at the end of the day, it's why I have faith and why I have hope because ultimately, um, I just have to trust in the Lord, keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing all I can. And this is where it gets into activism because I think we got to stay focused and we got to get active. We need to be, if we need to understand that the people in charge are doing a bad job, then we need to start running for office, right? We need to be like Trump and be like that outsider going in, right? Um, 2024 is heating up pretty quickly. Mike Pence gave a speech somewhere at some it was supposed to be one of these events to where, you know, it's it's comedy and people laughing. Well, evidently he went dark. He went he went and started talking about how, you know, Trump, you know, asked him to do something he couldn't do it was unconstitutional, this kind of crap. Uh, evidently, he also um, made a joke about Pete Buttigieg. And here was the joke. And I paraphrase. And he's being asked to apologize because it's supposedly homophobic. What he said was and of course, he he, he said it. He didn't write it. Guaranteed. Mike Pence did not write write this line okay can we all agree on that skins can you agree with me that mike pence didn't write a joke he's nodding yes so here's what the joke was it was Pete Buttigieg took off i don't know how many weeks for a paternity you know um, what's it called paternity leave and it's the first time in the country when somebody had a baby and everybody else got postpartum depression see you chuckled it's actually a good joke written obviously by somebody else you know, the only thing funny that, that Pence has ever done was have the fly land on his head. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, but there's nothing. And, and, and let, let me tell y'all, y'all know I am hashtag never Mike Pence in 2024. And that bozo is completely misrepresenting the Constitution. He could have absolutely sent it back to the states and told them to get their acts together at the state. But whether or not you agree with any of that, that joke was not homophobic, was it? Uh, 20 bucks, he caves and apologizes, Skins. What do you think? You think he will? You think he's going to apologize? Yep. You never apologize. Rule number one, never apologize. He probably will. 
because he wants to be liked, right? The establishment, the establishment people, they he all want to get his be. poll numbers up to 1%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. We should start charging a two drink minimum here for the AK show. You know what? I got two right here. I, I had a coffee earlier and then I got my tea over my right hand. I'm two fisted right now. With my peppermint tea. That's the hottest right now. I'm going to drink it. Uh, speaking of 2024, so Trump spoke in Iowa tonight and he doubled down on his anti. Uh, well, before I move on to that, I, I just, I just, from, from Pence, I just said he's probably going to apologize. The reason why he's going against Trump is because he wants to be liked. The establishment wants to be loved. They want to be, and by who? Not just Republicans. In fact, they don't care about conservatives, right? They don't care about MAGA. They don't want to be loved by us. They want to be loved by the media. They want to be loved by the lefties, right? Because that's who they have most in common with. But it never works, right? And here's an example why. Because after Mike Pence bashed Trump at a gathering, here's what the lefties had to say about Mike Pence. Clip seven, I think. So we saw with our own eyes, what that translated to on January 6th. Now we have Mike Pence, who was there, talking about exactly what happened and what it meant. His family's life was at risk. Stop right there. We knew that. I forgot she was going to say that. Thank you for jumping on that. Was Mike Pence's life, was his family's life really at risk? Was there anybody there with guns? Was there anybody there with kidnapping supplies like we saw on the part of that dude who who, who wanted to kill Supreme Court justices? No. There were threats that were being made by some people that were chanting or whatever or something about Pence, but it was no more of a real legitimate threat than the summer before when there was Antifa members outside the gates in which 20-something Secret Service agents were uh, were attacked and harmed as they were trying to breach the White House and threatening to get into the Oval Office and kill Trump. So Mike Pence's life and his family's life were no more threatened than anybody else. Certainly not on January 6th. Sorry, thanks for jumping in, Skins. Continue. Ballot. Is it to some extent going to be a referendum on whether or not you believe 2020 was a legitimate election? I hope it is for the nation, but I don't think it is for the Republican Party. Arguably, Tucker Carlson's voice is stronger than Mike Pence's right now in the conservative movement. And denialism about the election also trends to denialism about January 6th. This is where if Mike Pence wants to make a difference for all of American history, his voice is not to go to the gridiron club. It's to go to Congress. It's to go to prosecutors and tell them what he knows about the former president's involvement. There is nobody that could draw a line quicker to an indictment of Donald Trump than Mike Pence. We have Let's been stop f- that there. I don't want to hear any more from these people. But I want to. I want to highlight something you said there. Uh, first of all, I agree with him that Tucker Carlson's voice is stronger than Mike Pence's. Mike Pence, man. I mean, why do you want to humiliate yourself by trying to run in twenty twenty four? One of the things he said, though, in this clip that was also true about is how he said that. Um, denialism about the election trends to denialism about January 6th. The two are tied together. And that's exactly what this false narrative in this play was about on January 6th. And did I not say on January 6th, who was I angriest at on January 6th? The phony conservative screaming and crying. And I was like, oh, oh the, the QAnon guy's got his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. <laughs> I said, you're only feeding the false narrative that's going to come out about this. That's going to be used against not just Trump, but 75 million MAGA voters. Because this was all about trying to cover up the election fraud that took place to try to criminalize anybody questioning the outcome of an election, 
and by calling us all a bunch of terrorists, tying the two together. And that's what Mike Pence is all in for, all in for. He doesn't give a crap about the American people that were dragged, the citizens thrown into a gulag and denied their due process. Denied their constitutional rights. Denied the ability to play footage that would have uh, that would have exonerated them. And the U.S. government has an obligation. They are required under the U.S. Constitution to provide any mitigating exculpatory evidence. And they denied it of every American, whether convicted or not, as a part of January 6th. That's who Trump should be going after in his speeches, not Ron DeSantis. And the reason why Trump goes after DeSantis, I understand it because he knows Mike Pence ain't got any chance in 2024. Mike Pence only serves right now to try to destroy Trump's reputation with the establishment. But Trump needs to back off from saying nonsense like this. Clip 13. Those of you that didn't notice... Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis got there. People are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out-of-control crime. It's really bad. Not because of the governor. Thank you, Mr. President, for doing that. But it's not because of the governor. Florida was doing fantastically. You had a governor named Rick Scott who did a very good job. Even Charlie Crist, a Democrat, did a good job, and he had very good numbers. Sunshine and ocean are very alluring. It's not too hard to work with those factors. So just remember, Florida was doing really well long before Ron DeSantis got there. This is bad strategy. Um, It doesn't help Trump at all. It's not only bad strategy, it's factually inaccurate. It's inaccurate. Were people beginning to leave Jersey and New York before DeSantis became governor because of high taxation and regulation? It's why Rush Limbaugh moved there in the 90s. His home, by the way, he bought that property for $3.9 million. By the way, it sold for $155 million last week. Um, Of course, that was happening. But the flood into Florida was a direct result of Ron DeSantis, especially during covid Because what he did for the state in terms of freedom, what he has done to fight for the freedoms of the citizens there, economic freedom, what he has done there to fight the wokeism is one of the reasons why he flipped Miami and had the highest uh, re-election numbers ever in the history. Miami-Dade has never voted in the way that they did for any Republican down there. That's just flat out wrong. And Trump is not going to win this nomination and then win the presidency with that kind of inaccurate, falsifying, uh, uh, that inaccurate propagandist type of rhetoric against a beloved Republican who's beloved because of his policies. It was strictly during COVID. And what he did during COVID where people were fleeing California and with the cost of U-Hauls, where were they going? They were going to Texas and mainly to Florida. And it's why Florida now has some of the highest real estate rental prices and, and, uh, and uh, home, uh, home prices in the country right now. To try to deny Ron DeSantis his success there is not good strategy, particularly when it's untrue. And what he's saying is untrue. He does not help himself here. And, and by not helping, if he, and if Trump isn't helping himself, he's not helping us. Trump can take this nomination without bad mouthing DeSantis. There's another clip that he played that, that we found. I don't think this was at the Iowa speech tonight. I'm not sure where he was. 
um, no, this was it. That the speech we displayed, I don't know. That wasn't at Iowa, um, but here's what he said um, tonight when he spoke live in Iowa. Clip twelve. But you have to remember, Ron was a disciple of Paul Ryan, who is a rhino loser who currently is destroying Fox and would constantly vote against entitlements. He would just vote against, remember that, the wheelchair over the cliffs, the Democrats used it. The wheelchair over the cliff commercial, very effective. That was about him. But Ryan, Paul Ryan's a big reason that Mitt Romney, I'm not a big fan of Mitt Romney, lost his election. And to be honest with you, Ron reminds me a lot of Mitt Romney. So I don't think you're going to be doing so well here, but we're going to find out. But those are the facts. He's got so much facts that he could rely on. I mean, to be spending time in Iowa tonight talking about that instead of what Joe Biden is doing to this nation and the Democrats. He could be touting today someone from his communication department um, uh, got she, she now has a job on uh, the hag, excuse me, the view. And today she was talking about Kamala Harris and about how uh, I don't Kamala Harris is being set up for failure because nobody since the Bush administration has done anything to solve the border crisis. And that's a flat out lie. Trump could be talking. Trump should be calling her out today. Talking about this border crisis, he has so much successes that he could be talking about. If he wants to bash anybody, if he wants to talk about Ron DeSantis, he should be saying, Ron doesn't understand. Nobody but me understands what it's like to be in the crosshairs of the deep state trying to persecute you and prosecute you. Nobody but those in the Jan, from Jan 6 in the Gulag know what I've been through. And if you care about freedom in this country and if you care about restoring America back to its greatness, you've got to care about routing out the deep state and I'm the only one to do it. Not bashing, not name calling, not being ugly and certainly not misrepresenting somebody's track record in Florida. Those are my thoughts when what we're looking at with our with with the comments from my friends on Facebook today of how worried they are about money and the banking industry and on top of the inflation and everything going on in this country and the border crisis. Now isn't, now isn't the time and Ron DeSantis isn't the guy. That's my thoughts there. Well, even if he was the guy, which he's not, I mean, he's got so much other things he could be saying right now that could be pr- productive in getting people in his corner. We don't need a war. We could have maybe had Ted Cruz as the VP instead of Mike Pence if it hadn't gotten that ugly in 2016. Same thing's happening again. And I'm worried about that here because they would be so unstoppable. And I don't want to hear the arguments that it's not time for Ron DeSantis. You know, he needs to stay in in Florida. What, Ron DeSantis is going to be governor of Florida forever? Somebody needs to be, be prepping for him to take over. He could die in a plane tomorrow. What are we doing? Nobody planning in Florida for anybody but Ron DeSantis to ever be governor. Right? So there needs to be succession planning there. Um, All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Should we have some fun at the Oscars expense? Yeah, you know why? Because the Oscar winner of the night started talking, started uh, mocking those of us that have a problem with drag queens and uh, story hour and children. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to clap back. Stay tuned. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. 
I follow Frank Stallone on Instagram. Y'all know he's the brother of uh, Sylvester. By the way, Pluto TV right now is having a marathon of the Rocky movies. How many have you seen, Skins? All of them. You have? I've never seen I have the, f- the entire collection on DVD. I've never seen the actual first Rocky. You are missing out. It's a, it's a masterpiece. I've only seen the second one, which is when, oh, what was his Apollo name? Apollo Creed. Apollo Carl Creed. Weathers. Carl Weathers. What a him. good looking dude, man. Did anybody ever look better in boxer shorts than that dude? And then that was the one where he, he's coming out in, the, in, ah, live in America, right? Was that the Rocky two? No, when James Brown is Rocky Four. Oh, okay. Well, then what was Rocky Two? Wasn't that Apollo Creed? He came out in the American shorts, but he did not come out to that song. Oh, okay. Then I need to bone up on the Rocky. You do. Okay. It's a great series. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's what Frank Stallone said about the Oscars. I find it almost macabre that people are excited about the Oscars. I was at my first Oscars in 1977 for Rocky. It doesn't even resemble the same event as we have today, since it has become a political platform for uneducated, clueless actors and actresses. Millions of people have stopped watching this wonderful event. Now it has crashed and burned like the Hindenburg. The self-cannibalism of the Golden Globes, the Grammys and the Oscars is very sad to me, for I used to look forward to all these events every year for many years. The Frankster has left the building. All right. um, He's not wrong. No, he's not at all. And then I predict that as soon as they go to uh, getting rid of the categories of best actor and best actress to, you know, to and and merge as though there's no genders anymore. um, I think, you know, I think it will be officially done. Some people are saying that last night's show resurged it. And and I've heard that. um, uh, I, I didn't see all of it, so I can't attest. I only saw about a third of it. Um, I saw, full disclaimer, by the way, some of you know that I got lots of family working in Hollywood, and I don't think it makes me a hypocrite if I have family working in Hollywood, because by the way, there's lots of conservatives working in Hollywood, and number two, I've got family that have dedicated their lives to develop their skills, which are very specialized in this industry. Why should they walk away because it's gone woke? Okay, so I don't think it makes me a hypocrite. So I watched the part last night where a family member of mine was one of the teams that actually won an Academy Award. And I'm glad for him because now he's got it on his resume. That's that awesome. He worked on an Academy Award winning uh, you know, movie. Um, but I think you have to think that there was politics at play. I did not see the movie that won everything, everything, every place, anytime, anywhere, or whatever it was called. The clips played from it looked so bad to me that I thought that is a movie that I will absolutely, somebody would have to strap me down and force me to watch that movie. It looked that bad. Not my genre. Um, But I have to think that the, um, the winners, the Daniels, is that who they were? Are they, yes. are, are they, um, obviously they're both part of the LBGTQ community and one of them, uh, uh, director, um, in his acceptance speech had to, had to defend drag queens and drag children as saying they're a threat to nobody. It was, it was such a low moment, Andrea. Yeah. A really, really low moment. And you want to know why? Let me tell you why it was a low moment. Full. Here's just one story. The mother of one 11-year-old has expressed outrage from Breitbart after her 11-year-old daughter was reportedly taught about both oral and backdoor, I'll say that, sex by a drag queen while attending school, 11 years old. 
It comes after another boy in the school was allegedly given detention by the same drag queen after the boy publicly rejected drag queen's claim that there are 73 genders. According to a report by the Mail, the drag queen had come to the uh, Queen Elizabeth School located in the Crown Dependency on the Isle of Man to teach children sexual education. So this happened in the UK. Such lessons provided to children, however, are said to be extremely graphic with the educational facility reportedly being forced to suspend their sex education lessons after public outcry of the drag queen's actions. When my daughter told me what happened, I got onto the school immediately and asked them what on earth they were doing talking in such graphic detail, the mother said. My daughter's just 11 years old. She's five years below the age of consent and is learning about anal and oral sex, she said. This is, so don't tell me. She says, what was the school thinking of? Well, what they're thinking of is that uh, this is the liberal agenda being forced on your children. The LBGTQ movement was always in the end wanting to add P. We have had the North American Man Love Boy Association being allowed to operate in the United States of America. The end game was always to normalize sex with your children. It's been a slow game, and now it's out in the open. And let me tell you, oh, Andrea, AK, that's, that's happening in the UK. You don't think that's happening here? It is. I posted a screenshot from a video that I couldn't get onto Facebook of a little girl, five years old approximately, little girl, performing in front of adults, shaking her hiney around, pretending she's a drag queen and going up and getting dollar bills handed to her. They're coming for your children sexually. They're trying to normalize sex under the guise of inclusivity. It's the ultimate inclusivity for for perverts, isn't it? To normalize sex with children? It's disgusting. And it needs to stop. Here's what Biden had to say on what he thinks is the real sin, though. Clip 11. Transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know... I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. He had to stop himself there. First of all, kids do wake up one day and decide, you know what? I want to be a boy. It's exactly what happens. One of the things he says is that, you know, um, he started to, and they have inclinations. What inclinations? He, was, he had to stop himself because he was starting to talk about children and their sex drive. Pervert. This, this is the, this is the, Occupant of the White House, the president of the United States, whose daughter wrote in a diary about her father making her take showers with him. This man has no business talking about children and certainly no business talking about anything being close to sin. It's a sin that that man has is in any position of power. Going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show. What other what are the other great sins by Hollywood? We've got some interesting information for you on that as well. Don't go away.
You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. I, memo to me, get my girl Jennifer Kearns back on the show. She has written a book called The Real War on Women. And evidently inside this book, she talks about Hollywood being one of the biggest wasteful industries on the planet. I mean, they're always yammering about climate change. And, you know, their favorite person is Greta Thunberg or whatever her name is. Here's what uh, Jen... Uh, tweeted out. She says, as you watch the Oscars, remember Hollywood is one of the biggest wasteful industries on the planet with its lavish movie sets. Just one movie production leaves behind, quote, 225 tons of scrap metal, nearly 50 tons of construction and set debris and 72 tons of food waste. Oh, she got this from not her book, but this according to the Los Angeles Times. Yeah, think about that. She goes on to say, and those Oscar dresses, they're from the fashion industry, one of the biggest polluters on the planet. The fashion industry alone produces 4% of the world's pollution with a stunning 92 million tons of textile waste every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, shall we end on a laugh? Well, you, you you pulled this clip uh, of uh, Jimmy Kimmel. This was I, evidently the one they, I, I think what they tried to do was I think they tried to return the Oscars back to being less pol- political and stuff. Um, he did evidently. He was the, almost there and then he blew it. Uh, yeah, uh, but some people say that it was that it wasn't even funny. It, it really the, wasn't. The one swipe he took. Um, I didn't watch him. I mean, really, until they bring back like a Billy Crystal to host. Don't bother. You know, I mean, why even have a host? You know, or or how about bring on... It was funny. I heard Andrea somebody today say, I'd rather have an actor than a comedian. I'm like, have you not seen Billy Crystal do the Oscars? Yeah, and Billy... Yeah, I mean, some of our... Some of the best movies had stand-up comics yeah. and who actually did uh, City Slickers. If y'all have not oh, seen City Slickers... Hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And remember when Jack Palance came to the Oscars and did the one-arm push-ups? I do. That was back when they were amazing. Um, So here's the one joke, the one swipe politically that they took. Clip four. Anyone who's ever received a text message from their father knows how important editing is. Editors (laughs) do amazing things. Editors can turn 44,000 hours of violent insurrection footage into a respectful sightseeing tour of the Capitol. They just, you know. I was like, really? Yeah. That's just lame. All right, enough of the Oscars. Um, even funnier than that really bad joke is that Skins found this article for me. A Florida Democrat couldn't do the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> made me giggle. Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, you it's could, sad, but it made me giggle. Well, <laughs> Sabino. Sabina Covo, who was elected as Miami's District 2 commissioner, um, it was a special election. She went blank-faced at a March 9 meeting. And now, since so she gets introduced, and now Commissioner Covo, nice big title, Commissioner Covo, will you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance, please? And she goes, she goes blank-faced. She goes dumb, which means she was already dumb. You don't know it? Okay. The commission's chairwoman whispered <laughs> to Covo. Um so then Kovo tries to play it off afterwards that, you know, she was nervous. Um, you know, 
when you when, you know you don't go blank on it you might you might forget a line of it or get, you know a little bit or stutter or stutter a little bit but you you don't go blank on it i think that is so symbolic of the democrat party it's so isn't it isn't just the perfect symbol they can't this person something can't as muster basic up as the pledge of allegiance something as basic as the pledge of allegiance that's how anti-american they are it's like asking them to come up with something good about this country's history they won't come up with anything, right? They'll probably they'll probably tell you, oh, something good about America, you know. Um, Oprah Winfrey, you know. I mean, this is this is the level of what we're dealing with. After what? So, oh, so what ended up happening? After several uh, seconds of silence, the attendees and the commission's chairwoman started saying the pledge instead. So what? What she could have done? This is uh, this this person got elected, really. First of all, it's it's bad enough that you can't remember the Pledge of Allegiance, but you're so non-quick on your feet, you can't even come up with a quick way to handle the situation. You got no business in the job. I would have said, "Can ever? How about everybody do it with me? It's been a while since I had to do it. Let's all join together and say the Pledge of Allegiance." Right? That's what you do. Make everybody do it with you. So she's not only you know obviously you know so she's quite dumb in many respects. By the way, um, all right, there's that on tomorrow's show. It'll be Tuesday. Hopefully we're going to wake up tomorrow and we're not going to find out that there's more runs on banks happening in the country. Uh, what I think we need to do. I'm, uh, here's our 24 hour hotline. 844-814-5227. Um, we've been enjoying lately bringing on some new and different guests. So please call us on our 24 hour hotline. Give us some ideas, topic ideas, guest ideas for the show. Uh, don't forget to email me at andreakshow.com. I forgot to mention all tonight's show that if you miss any part of tonight's show or any show, don't forget our podcast. You can download that it everywhere that you get your podcast. And also listen every night, 6 to 8 p.m. for when we're going to give away our next $50 gift certificate to Iron Mountain Outfitters. All right. Stay safe. Don't panic. See you all tomorrow. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.